0: From the creators of the hit kids podcast, Who Smarted, and Netflix's Brainchild, comes the adventurous world of mysteries about true histories,
1: affectionately known as math. Every episode follows Max and Molly. I got to say, love the name Max. That's my my puppy dog's <laughs> name. Uh, who have just recruited into a secret order of problem solvers on an adventure through time packed with puzzles. Hidden equations, history, and laughs—it actually makes learning pretty cool.
0: Yeah. Now I listened to this with my son, and it was so fun to listen to. I loved how modern it was, with like cool ant that they really dug, and like they dealt with bullies. Uh, my son also enjoyed all the math involved; like he thought it was really cool.
1: Well, and I have to say, I love anything that brings learning and fun together for kids. I really, really wish that something like this was around for my teens when they were younger. We would have absolutely devoured this on our car trips. It would have been amazing. It's perfect for kids ages six and up, and new episodes drop every Thursday.
0: So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. I am your host, Joanne Crone, joined here by my talented co host, Bree Tucker.
1: What? Hello, hello, everybody. How are you? <laughs>
0: We're a little bit warmer here today. It's funny, like always in these intros, I'm like, what's the weather? It's
1: I the most know. boring thing ever, but we need to just start adding that at the beginning of each episode. And today in Phoenix, it's, it's sunny. A, it's a sunny <laughs> and lovely 81 degree high.
0: We could just like copy that and put it, except in summer where it's like,
1: it is so hot. We cannot just let, leave the house. Just let Brie complain, right? Yeah. Like, I noticed that, like, what was it? Our episode? We had another episode. It was a
0: Bravo episode
1: and i was complaining about the weather oh yeah Uh (laughs)
0: uh-huh it was either too hot or too cold it's all good though
1: that's all good it's all good
0: yeah but like we're discussing actually today's interview we are interviewing amy carney who uh, wrote a book called parent on purpose and runs the website parent on purpose and she's all about helping parents teach their kids
1: life skills and the importance of life skills because you don't want your kids to end up living in a van down by by the river river.
0: exactly Mm -hmm. and that's something we talk about a lot up here on no guilt mom about letting our kids have free reign and life skills and (laughs) i mentioned that for the first time in a very very long time i was alone in the house last night and i got to like experience what that felt like and i mean how many times are you alone in your house like with no one there
1: Okay, well, that's kind of a loaded question, because remember, I'm divorced. Yeah. So every other week, I don't have my kids. Mm -hmm. Now, recently, my boyfriend moved in, like, over the summer, so almost never. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, almost never now. But before that, I had years where I had a whole week of that house to myself. And I will admit, like, I'm a very, very big extrovert. We talk about that. Like, Mm -hmm. I love being around people. But I'm starting to miss that alone time a little bit once in a while now. Yeah. I forgot how
0: nice it is to be alone because I'm a very big introvert. And sometimes like I'm I'm such an introvert that I'm like, everyone just stop talking. Just stop talking. Just stop talking. Like, Yeah. And that's kind of how my brain works. But to be alone and it was like, like this whole feeling, you suddenly remember exactly what it's like before you had kids and what kind of person you are.
1: right you have that time not to around. think when yeah. They're not, yeah so it's interesting but and what did you do with your alone time yesterday
0: oh we'll talk about that in the outro oh, okay <laughs> i have i have some opinions about that so make sure you stay until uh after the amy carney interview and uh she is delightful and has a really really great tip on how you can make your kids more independent and ready to take that launch so we hope you enjoy our interview with amy carney Speaking of life skills, uh, our program, Not So Bummer Summer, teaches your kids about negotiation, long-term planning, and it's all about them planning a specific goal for summer. So if you are stressed out thinking that your kid is going to waste time around the house and watch all of Dude Perfect's YouTube channel, please check out Not So Bummer Summer. We are doing a flash sale on it today and tomorrow, so you can find out more information at NoGuiltMom.com. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom podcast, Amy. I'm so excited to have you here because this is like a reconnection of sorts. Like we met six years ago in person and now it's like we get to reconnect on the podcast. So welcome. Welcome.
2: Oh, thank you so much for having me. So
0: for those of our audience who don't know about you, could you tell us a little bit about who you are
2: and what you do? Oh my gosh. Well, I am a content creator. First and foremost, um, I wrote the book Parent on Purpose. And that stems from a crazy trip that we took around the United States uh, six years ago in an RV as a family um, and what I learned about that process. And so I am a mom of six. I was a mom of five up until a few months ago. We are um, adopting out of the foster care system again. Um, So I have 19-year-old triplet sons. Um, who we so we have launched to three different states and a daughter who's a senior in high school right now and then a son we adopted out of the foster care system is 14 and then like I said we have a new little guy we're adopt in the process of adopting so very busy mama right now in elementary school middle and high school but I just love writing about intentional parenting and I'm just excited to be here and talking to you guys about it today so
1: that, man, that, that there is not a no. dull moment in your household. No. Is there?
2: No, I, don't, I guess I, I don't roll that way.
1: Well, and the other thing too, is like, I was telling Joanne, when I read your story about the RV, how you guys were like, you know what, let's just do this. And I feel like that's a dream and a nightmare in, in, today with, with the <laughs> I, pandemic, right? I think some of us are like, I just want to hit the road and get out of my house. Cause I've been in it for a year. Yeah. And on the other hand, Being in a motorhome locked up with like three teenagers kind of scares the crap out of me. (laughs) Well, it's so interesting because I feel like I think a
0: disproportionately amount of my friends have done the RV thing just because like I'm (gasps) in the blogger blogger space and Mm -hmm. it's it's a thing that, you know, people have been doing. But six years ago, you were like the trendsetter
2: of doing the whole RV. (laughs) (laughs) Totally, totally. And it didn't stem from a good place necessarily. We were really disconnected as a family. Mm -hmm. Um, and we just got to this place where we knew we had to make major change, or I was going to get to this point in my life now and have so much regret because we were just racing around and, and kind of missing all of the important moments. And so we, we just pulled out of everything. My husband quit his job and we did this seven month trip to kind of regroup and reconnect our family and figure out what we wanted out of the season before launching the kids. So,
0: okay. This whole RV trip, what was like the first like thought that you're like, we should pile everyone in an RV. Yeah, how do you get to that point?
2: Yeah, <laughs> you know what? Oh, uh, we had friends that were RVing around, and we, you know, kind of watched them. They were just doing it in the summer. But what happened is, I was my husband was a, a pro hockey player, and he was coaching for the Chicago Blackhawks at this time. So he was traveling all around, and I was alone with the kids. I was in an auditorium. I had just dropped like one kid at soccer, one at basketball, one at hockey, and I flew into this middle school auditorium to watch my fourth child um on the stage and I and I barely made it before the lights went down. And I got to that seat and I just started crying. Like I sat there alone crying, like what kind of life is this? What this is not what I envisioned a family to be like. And so it was in that moment I said to my husband, like we've got to make change and he agreed. And he's the one who came up with the R V thing. And I thought, there's no way. Like we've never camped a day in our life. We're not homeschooling family. <laughs> this that he's never gonna do this. Well he did. He did. He bought it. Um and then it was my idea. Well, because I'm not dull and boring. I'm like, we're going to do this. Let's get, let's do this. And so it was my idea to really do around the US. And it was a way for me to get back into writing. I had been a sports journalist, actually, and um, until- had taken time off, you know, raising the kids. And everyone kept saying, you should do a blog. You should do a blog. So it gave me an excuse to start a blog. So I actually mm-hmm. had pretty good content to write. So yeah, I didn't ever believe when I said yes, that he would actually go buy the RV. But... <laughs>
0: he did. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. So like, what did you tell your kids? Like when you guys bought the RV and you're like, we're doing this, like, how did the kids react?
2: Yeah, they weren't too excited because they were in, (laughs) so they had to miss sixth and seventh grade. Um, so they Uh were like, what in the world? And, you know, pulling them, we knew that it was now or never because Uh beyond that stage, it's, it's, I mean, you can always do it, but nearly impossible to, you know, have them come along happily and, you know, to pull them off their sports teams and away from all their friends and like live in this tiny space of six, you know, six people together. But you know what? We had the best time. And we had hard times, a lot of hard times. But just getting out in nature and being free and having no schedule every day. I mean, it was so freeing. And we also knew that we were when we came home, we were going to start preparing them for the launch and strengthening their life skills and all that. So we knew we really wanted to connect our family before we started launching them. So
1: and I love what you're talking about there, how you had this intentional thought process about starting the skills, making sure your children had their life skills so that they could be happy, thriving mm-hmm. adults when it was their time to leave your home and do things on their own. But it was
0: during that time that you really discovered what life skills your kids were lacking, right?
2: Yes. Yes. So how <laughs> how did that go down? Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, when they started complaining about, you know, that I wasn't making the lunch they wanted or their shirt that they wanted to wear wasn't washed. I said, well, you know what? I think it's time that you start doing these things for yourself because I'm clearly not doing a good enough job for you here. And it's time to take it over. And, and actually it's way less stress on me. I mean, it was in our entire family because now they can come alongside and make their, what they want to eat for lunch, or wash their clothes, or whatever, and it takes the burden off me, and also teaches them many skills that they are going to need in life anyway. So mm-hmm. it's just, I mean, it's a win-win when you when you hand things over to your kids, no matter what age. They Amen.
3: Are. Yeah, oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> I will say, like one of my life skills that I learned the hard way was that when you're doing a load of laundry that's colors, mm-hmm. make sure you're not putting bleach on anything nearby yeah. at the same time. You know, because it might. <laughs> I don't know, splash all over your uniform that you have to wear to work well, that yeah, evening. <laughs> yeah. So, you know. This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic medical grade ingredients.
0: in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains, or just click on the link in our show notes. Important so that's like the life skills. Like, did you start teaching them to your kids on this trip or was it like some mental note that you kind of locked no, away? No,
2: I, I think that I'd been teaching them all along because when you have a lot of kids too, it's something that comes a little more naturally to teach because you can't do everything for all of these kids. But it was more the idea of that we were more intentional, like, okay, They are now 13, 12, 13, when we're on this trip, we know we've got what, I mean, five years, five years, they will be launching five, six years. Um, And so I talk about that in my book, like think, always think six years ahead. What do I want that 18 year old leaving my home? What do I want them armored with? You know, who do I want them to be on that college campus? And what can I do to help come alongside and teach them those important skills that are going to serve them well in life?
0: Yeah. And what did you think that now you needed to teach them? And what do you tell other parents? Like how did they get
2: started? How do parents get started teaching these life skills? Oh to my care? gosh. Just simple. it's a process. I think it's, you know, an intentional process, but you just realize just on the day to day what's what's lacking. The number one thing when I was writing my book that I interviewed university deans and professors, and every single one of them told me that the number one thing that the students coming onto their campuses are lacking is problem solving skills. Like we as good moms are stripping that away from our kids because we're good, we're efficient and we know how to solve problems. And it's, and so we just are getting things done for our kids and not realizing that we're really hindering them by doing this. And so that was one of the things I really tried to slow down on and realize when there was a problem and my child was texting me or you know coming to me for help, could I slow down and start having them think through how maybe they would wanna solve that problem? I wrote about a story where my son lost his wallet and, you know, it was the end of the world. I knew exactly how to get that wallet back, but I had to slow down and think about, let's let him start trying to figure this out. And it's so painful. Like to, you know, for a 14 year old boy to problem solve, it's painful to let them do that because they do not do it in the way we, we do that. But we also have to know that that's important. It's an important process for them to start solving problems in ways that maybe we wouldn't necessarily do. And that's how they learn and, and how we learn to step back.
1: You know, I think that's a really, really good point. We have so much going on in our lives. We try to have so many things on our daily schedule. And, and I think part of that is society. A lot is expected of families anymore, especially moms, to handle so many things. And to be able to stop and watch your kid do it at, I don't know, a third the pace you could do it, and knowing that some of their solutions they're going to try are totally not going to work. <laughs> which is going to take even you know longer. Yeah. That amount of patience and being able to stop is just, it is so, so hard. Like I grip my teeth with it a lot when I'm trying to let my kids problem solve. Like it's, it's hard.
2: It is. And that's what parents have to realize. It's, it's hard. I mean, watching him and do what he did or didn't do was painful. And it was three weeks went by and he never got the wallet back. And I'm like, you know what? I went down to the mall. Sure enough, I got the wallet back. Like, and I brought it home. <laughs> I'm like, well, you can pay me $20 for this thing because, you know, you get a finder's fee. It's a <laughs> yes, finder's fee. I get a yeah. finder's fee. Yeah. I mean, so it's good. It's good to have these conversations. And when na- things naturally pop up in your family day to day, I enjoy it because it's like, perfect. You know what? It's better you learn to not have the bleach spilling on the clothes now in my home, right? Then yeah, you're, yeah. you're out in the world. So sometimes we get stressed out because these things are Going wrong in our home, or you know, and it's, we got to look at it as teaching moments. These are great teaching moments when our kids fail, when they make mistakes, when we make mistakes, when we fail. I mean, it's just all a perfect learning opportunity.
0: I totally agree with you that they are definitely teaching moments, and I think that if we could also see the humor in some of these moments as well, yes. it makes it so much easier to get through it. And like in terms of problem solving, like you said, like stepping back and letting your kids solve their own problems—hardest thing in the world. Especially when you know the outcome, like my, my uh, daughter, for instance, she has a problem with one of her teachers and those relationship problems as well, Mm. because you want to just go in and be like, okay, well, here's what you do. And here's what you say. And you want to like go talk to the teacher and like explain your kids viewpoint, but that would
1: totally ruin the whole thing. Yeah, so yeah. No, it, the other funny thing too, like with us, because our daughters are friends. Yeah. Whenever one of them like has like a, an issue with friends, we we normally know everybody involved we, in it, <laughs> and we know the parents too, so we know probably the backstory even more. And trying to help guide them, and them just saying like, "Nope, I'm going to do it my way." Oh man, that's that's hard. That's <laughs> a hard one too. But you know, again, like you're saying, how do we know these things? Because we went through them at one time. Right. We were given the space and the time. And hopefully the guidance to not, you know, fall flat on our face and to learn how to do his problem solving skills. And it comes from a place of love with us as parents, not letting them do it. We're like, oh, let me make this easier on you. Right. And really what we're doing is a huge disservice. Like you said, like if you think of it like five or six years down the road. Yeah, I think that's a really good aha moment. I love that piece of advice now that I think about it. Every time I try to swoop in and solve a problem for my kids from now on, I'm going to stop and instead of going to the van down by the river, uh-huh. I'm going no, I'm to van by the river. stop <laughs> and think about what's going to happen to them in five years if they still don't know how to solve this problem. And I think that's going to be enough motivation right there to have me go zip it. Zip and
2: it. It's, you figure it's it out. so true. Think of them on that college campus, which mine are on right now. And are they going to be able to have the confidence to make mistakes and to know how to go to someone for help or to be confident enough to have that conflict with a roommate or, you know, without having to always rely on us to do that. So,
0: yeah. right. So what are a few life skills that you think that all kids should really learn before launching and leaving the house?
2: Yeah, well, there's a lot. But one that, one that I really like to talk about and think about is we are not doing a very good job of Teaching kids where in the world they live. Like our kids today know their address, right? But I realized anytime I was taking a child's friend home, they never knew one thing about where they lived. Like they don't know the major crossroads of where they live. They don't know what exit they live off of a freeway. They just want you to put it in your phone and get them there, navigate them there. Well, the problem is our kids are going to be driving one day, right? They're going to be out on the roads and we want our kids confidently kind of knowing how to navigate the local area, right? Not the state. So it's really important that when our kids are, you know, tweens that you start teaching them, what are the major crossroads and having them start telling you, how do you get to your friend's house? How do you, you know, so that way when they are driving around town, they've got a better idea of, you know, without relying on a phone, we do not want our kids constantly relying on the phone. I mean, it's so easy for all of us to do that. But we've got to start getting our kids to use their brain even when there's technology that will make it easier for you um we've got to start having our kids use their brain and that's a fun easy way i mean the kids don't think it's fun right they don't want to be figuring this stuff out but you know it's important it's important that our kids could get in someone's car and say hey i live at the corner of so and so and so and so and you know and, and navigate somebody to that point and then you can lead people so i just think that's a fun easy way to start teaching kids to solve solve that problem i mean
0: That's a great one. And it's so funny you mentioned that because I didn't even think that that's the reason like my kids were so unaware of our local areas because they do rely on phones and navigation. I remember when I was young and my mom used to take me over to my grandma's house, which was like 20 minutes across town. And as a game, she'd be like, okay, you tell me which way to go. And I'll be like, okay, here we go. We're going to go here. You're going to turn there. And I was able to go through the whole thing to my grandma's house, which I thought was a huge accomplishment
1: at seven or eight.
0: Yeah. See, so why aren't we doing that now? I know because like we rely on our phones or like sometimes I think though a lot of parents deal with the struggle in the car with kids where it's like we know the fighting that happens sometimes in the car. Mm -hmm. We know the pushback that happens when we ask our kids to do things. And I think like just keeping them occupied instead of having them look at the road become more of an imperative than actually teaching them about the world around them. Yeah.
2: Right. It's what I'm seeing. Yeah. But if you look at how dangerous it's so dangerous with teenagers today driving because they're distracted by their phones. So if we can start teaching them earlier that you don't need this phone to get to, you know, Joey's house, like you can use your Mm -hmm. break, but they, and so if you start you know, building up that muscle a little earlier than 16 when they're going off, then they're more confident that they don't need to rely on this phone. They can rely on their brain. I give the kids the confidence. Yes, it gives them confidence and it's safer. Yeah. What are some other skills that you found have been really helpful for kids to oh learn? Oh my gosh. Well, just how about addressing an envelope for, you know, simple... Simple things <laughs> right yeah, I was interviewing a professor uh, for University of Arizona and she was talking about that no students in her one of her class she's like an honors teacher they didn't none of them knew where you put the stamp on the envelope where, How do you write an address on the front and so it's like we're forgetting some of the most basic skills because we're not even having our kids write thank you notes anymore right They can just text it or they can email it or so that's just getting back to the basics and having them know these simple skills because they will need to address envelopes and send them.
0: They will. It's so funny though. It doesn't appear as much in our culture today, the addressing envelopes. So it's almost like we lack the opportunities all the time to teach that skill. It has to be such an intentional, I'm going to teach you how to address an envelope today
1: versus we're just doing this every day because we have to send out mail. I think I might start sending out Christmas cards again, just (laughs) so my kids can practice that skill. Right? Have them address all of them. <laughs> yes. Because that's the part that I hate the most. Yeah, So put <laughs> that print on there. the labels. You put the labels, put a mail Go No, no, no. Because oh, yeah, you're right. Yes. If I was but to do that. One of yes. the things
2: we started doing once we got back from the RV trip is we intentionally started sending our kids to sleep away summer camp for a couple of weeks in the summer mm-hmm. for many reasons. But that was one way they started learning and they were sending letters home. And so they started learning that. Kind of early, but that that's one way. I still want to send my
0: daughter to sleepaway right? camp. I think it's the best way for kids to gain independence, it is, and they can't and away from technology yeah. and
2: going with strangers and learn. Just there's they learn so many amazing things. I mean, I think one of the best things I think you can do when you're trying to strengthen and I, and it also was helped strengthen me because I knew. I mean, I have four. I had four children in eighteen months, so they're all leaving me in the same year, and I knew I didn't want to get to this point and have this quiet house and not even know how to to be in my home. I knew I'd be a wreck. So sending them to camp, I started being alone in my home and started figuring that out a little earlier. So we got to be intentional teaching our kids and setting ourselves up for success.
0: You have probably heard me talk about my dog, Addie, before. And when we first got her, we didn't know that she was a counter surfer. Now, counter surfing animals are the ones who jump on counters, especially kitchen counters, when you're not looking and take stuff off of them. Well, in this instance, Addie had jumped onto the kitchen counter and eaten an entire bottle of my other dog's pain medication. You can imagine the freak out that ensued from me. So imagine this. You're at the vet's office again, knowing that vet care costs continue to rise. You're anxiously waiting to hear how expensive the bill will be. But if you had pet insurance, your pet could be covered for accidents or illnesses. That's
1: why you should check out ASPCA Pet Health Insurance. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program offers customizable accident and illness plans, making it easier for pet parents like you to help your pet get the care that they may need. They allow you to customize the plan, helping ensure that your pet's plan is as unique as they are.
0: The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program has been around for over 18 years, and they've helped more than 600,000 pets during that time. Because vet bills can really add up, especially when you're least expecting it. It's simple. Use their app to submit a claim and you'll receive reimbursement for eligible
1: vet bills directly into your bank account. To explore coverage, visit ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash no guilt. That's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash no guilt. Again, that's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash no guilt. This is a paid advertisement. Insurance is underwritten by either Independence American
0: Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by PTZ Insurance Agency Limited. The ASPCA is not an insurer and is not engaged in the business of insurance.
3: Hi there. I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade.
1: I think that's very true because I think that as parents, again, in our really busy day-to-day life, that little bit of time that we do get to ourselves, and it seems like a dream having like time without the kids, right? But the novelty wears off after a little while, and then you kind of start just looking around going like, well, what am I supposed to do now? Yeah, I mean, unless you really enjoy cleaning, I mean...
0: Yeah, well, it's funny because last <laughs> night I was alone in my house for the first time, and I don't even remember the last time I've ever been alone mm-hmm. in my house for a few hours. Because my husband and son were at like a Boy Scout pack meeting, and my daughter was at dance rehearsal, and I'm like, "What am I going to do?" And so I decided to watch a kid-unappropriate <laughs> show on Hulu, Kid 90, the Soleil Moon yes! documentary. Wasn't it so, so good? fascinating? Oh
1: my goodness! <laughs> Not for kids.
0: Yeah, so no. fascinating.
1: No, but it also makes you look at your kids and go. Oh geez! Have you man. seen this documentary? No, but I need a night alone in my house. That's so <laughs> oh
0: my, yeah. Oh my gosh! So like, <laughs> right. Punky Brewster took a video camera with her everywhere in her teenage years. Filmed everything. Oh, wow. So you see, like how interconnected the whole Hollywood lifestyle was. I mean, she has like Kevin Connolly from Entourage. Jonathan Brandis was one of her friends. So video stuff of John, like Mark, all of the- Mark Paul, oh, Mark Paul Gossler, Mark Paul Gosler, like, Gossler. like <laughs> everyone in that. So it's totally oh, cool. Oh, cool.
2: So- <laughs> i never even heard of it. So see.
0: Yep. Only on Hulu. What are you looking forward to right now, Amy, that's coming up for you?
2: Um, I am looking forward to, so I started launching a a new physical product line to help moms better leave a legacy. Like I just, you know, wrote that hundred questions for mom journal. And I've got some different ways just to create simple, simple keepsakes, like quickly, because we are busy, but we don't want to lose the art of our handwriting and our stories. And so I've created products to help moms do that um, in simple ways. So that's my next project.
0: That is awesome. Well, it's been such a joy talking to you. Thank you so much for coming on. We are going to keep that little problem solving nugget in and stop ourselves. From problem I know, solving right? For I, our kids. My
1: thing is definitely the stop and think in six years ahead. Yeah. Five years mm-hmm. in the future of like, okay, are they going to need the skill? They are Then I need to zip it. Yeah, that is for sure. That is.
2: Huge. Yeah. That's why I always have the, uh, like a coffee cup in my hand because I'm like, just drink, you know, don't well, talk. Just drink it. That's a good tip. Yeah. <laughs> just just take a sip of your tea, coffee, whatever it is, and just don't talk. That's
1: mm, a great tip. Yeah, so you do the sip and then the the carrying right. Oh man. Yeah. Man. Yeah. That's tough. Well, <laughs> good coffee. That's right. We will
0: talk to you soon. <laughs> Thanks, Amy. Thanks. The problem solving tip she gave about just letting kids do their own problem solving, genius.
1: Oh, yeah. And I especially loved the driving one. Mm -hmm. I like, after the show, we shared how my sister taught me one piece of advice when they moved out here in the 90s and I'd come out and visit and was always worried I'd get lost in this huge city because, you know, Kansas City is smaller than Mesa. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So like, anyway, she always taught me like, you know that we live in the east by that mountain. It's Usury Mountain. So she was like, look for Usury Mountain. And then just drive towards Usury Mountain. And then we're off on of McKellips. Just when you get to a stoplight, roll down your window and ask someone how to get to McKellips. <laughs> I used that tip a few times. Yeah. It's 90s directions. You but, don't get right? asked directions anymore. But my kids would never do that now.
0: No. No. They'd oh. be too afraid. Yeah. It, yeah. It's interesting because like the whole 90s perception has changed. And so I mentioned in the interview about how... I watched this documentary on Hulu by Sole Moonfry, who was Punky Brewster. It's called Kid 90 basically she had a video camera all throughout her teenage years and so she videoed all these parties and all of her life and she just set out to document everything and so you see all of these stars you remember from the 90s and i mean she was really good friends with one of the singers in house of pain i was like <laughs> she dated him she date? well they didn't date they, they were just kissing buddies and then they like they, okay then he kind of dumped her because he went on the path of drugs and then they reconnected anyways but it's, but <laughs> So just watching what the life was like in the 90s for her as a partier, like they they partied.
1: Right. Which, you, you know, it was. Yeah, it was in the 90s. You hear a lot about that lifestyle, especially if you're in Hollywood. Or, yeah. You, know, you have money and that ability that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So um one of the things though that got me in the documentary is because she was on all these talk shows being like, Don't do drugs, say no to drugs. And then they she would like get high that night. She would get high <laughs> that night. And she has a video of her, like they put it together so brilliantly in the documentary. Cause the next video of her was like, I used to tell people to say no to drugs, and now I just say say yes. And I'm like, You're kidding me! Like I listened to you when you were saying like don't, you know, say no to drugs. And it was just like well, I'm glad I listened to her, but still you it, feel so you feel so lied, I feel to lied you to you. I feel totally lied to. But it brought me back to uh, one of our previous interview guests, Jessica Leahy, who recently wrote the book, you know, The Addiction Inoculation mm-hmm. um, and how she was talking about those 90s drug programs did not work. So just they, say
1: no, dare to drugs,
2: dare. Just,
0: yeah, yeah. Just say no didn't work. And seeing that example from Soleil
1: Moonfry, I'm like. Nope, they didn't work. But, <sighs> yeah, I, I got to admit, like, I watched that and I'm like, Ooh, I'm scared about the things that kids do when they, when they, they get to lot be teenagers. Of- I don't know. I have a lot of anxiety about my kids getting older, so I just need to stop. So stop. <laughs> a, a lot of her videos were,
0: like, before she even turned 18, Mm-hmm. They had a lot of unsupervised time,
1: like a lot. And I think that most of that was due to the money that they had. I th- yeah, probably. And when well, she talks about how she, you know, only had her, her dad wasn't really around. So her mom was a single parent and she had to work a lot. So she wasn't home a lot. Mm-hmm. So again, I, that's why I said like, th- I think I overgeneralize a lot. Oh. Can I also say I find it hilarious that I had, so I don't get a lot of alone time anymore, right? Yeah. I had one morning where I was alone for like three hours and that's when I was watch that documentary (laughs) what is it about this like 90s uh, documentary that that like it's like oh i'm alone i'm I'm gonna like documentary just get into this guilty pleasure it was
0: very enjoyable the documentary and seeing like all those people that you remember watching and seeing like another side of them like brian austin green from who's on 90210 and mark paul gossler and gosh, he was such a cute Zach Morris. Like looking at Zach Morris, I'm like, how oh, God, charismatic Morris. was he? he
1: was- I loved that man growing mm. up. Oh, he was like what I wanted. And now he just looks like a regular guy. I know, right? When happened <laughs> the bleach blonde hair, man? Bleach- <laughs> oh, and I love Tiffany Ambertheson because she had won the Teen Magazine modeling and I used, and I loved Teen Magazine. I had a pen pal from Teen oh. Magazine, which I find funny because that's another thing Amy talked about, about addressing envelopes and writing yeah. mail how kids don't have that skill anymore. Mm-hmm. And holy crap, yeah, a lot of these skills that our kids don't have were ingrained in our day-to-day life back <sighs> as kids. They were ingrained, but at the same time, I'm like...
0: How useful are they really? Because if you need to address an envelope and you don't know how to address an envelope, what can you do? You can look it up on Google. Yeah, you can look it up on
1: Google. I Everything, knew where you were like, going with that. I was like, oh.
0: And it's, it's the same on cursive. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Teaching cursive. And some, some people might disagree with me on this, but I think that addressing envelopes is a really, really, it's a good skill. It's an easy skill to teach. So it doesn't take that much forethought. Writing checks, like when you have to write a check. That's yeah. yeah, but it comes so few and far between that I really think it's dying. Like, checks are dying, and probably lettered mail is dying, and it'll be yeah. like one of those quaint old timey things.
1: But oh god, don't call something I grew up with I that's know, an old timey thing. I know,
0: but it's like it's just the age we're going into. So, I'm yeah, either yeah. way, but. Anyways, <laughs> remember, regardless of if uh, if you're writing cursive right now, the best mom is a happy mom. <laughs> Take care of you. <laughs> and we'll talk to you later. Thanks for stopping by.